0: Wearing long trousers for the first time since October, maybe. Welcome to Hand of Pop. 451 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm wearing trousers because it actually cooled down a bit today. Uh, I'm joined by Dan.
1: Hello, and I'm not wearing long trousers.
0: No, Dan's wearing shorts because he's not been out the flat much today, I'm assuming. (laughs)
1: No, just uh, to get our supplies for the podcast. Yeah, but I did actually wear long trousers last night when I went out for dinner. Oh, okay, great. So that's something. It's a
0: very, very pleasant drop in temperature. And yes. I'm hopeful that if it maintains, I might actually manage to sleep tonight for the first mm. time in about two months. That Fingers crossed. Um, so anyway, shall we go through the scores since Let's. we last recorded, which was one week ago? Um, as usual, sofa score opens itself up at the match I was just watching, even though I've gone out into the main menu a million times since then. Uh, let's see. Last weekend we had Colón 0, Sarmiento 2, Central Córdoba 0, Belgrano 1, San Lorenzo 1, Godoy Cruz 0, Defensa y Justicia 1, New England's Old Boys 0, Platense 1, Atlético Tucumán 1, Vele Sarsfield 0, Atlético Independiente. Club about Independiente go He just whatever. did the uh, classic nil. marker move there. Yeah, with the uh, yeah. graphics. Um, then the uh, the rather binary pattern of results changes a bit, or rather ends. Uh, Tacheres two Boca one Rosario Central two Arsenal one Banfield nil Gimnasia nil, uh, nil River two Argentinos one Instituto nil Huracan nil Racing two Tigre two Barracas Central 1, Union 1, and Estudiantes Nil Lanus 2. If you heard any little elephant um, stopping <laughs> there, then you could probably guess who it was. Mm. And if you listen to the first uh, few minutes of last week's podcast, you'll be delighted to know that there were another 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 red cards this weekend. Blood, yeah. So we've Good still game. got a nice high red card count each weekend so far. I think seven is the fewest we've had so far, mm. though, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five, oh no, six uh, last week, so one, two, three, four, five, and six the previous, so in fact it's the highest we've yeah. had so far.
1: And three in one game, no less. Mm.
0: Yeah, Rosario Central had one man sent off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that man was uh, Alan Rodriguez, and Arsenal had two men mm. sent off, both in the first half. Joaquin Pombo, that's a very satisfying name to say, by <laughs> the way. Uh, for a professional foul after nine minutes which is <laughs> really something Pretty and adrian's burde um in with basically the last kick of the first half mm. i think um at which point it was 1-1 through goals from lautaro guzman and francis <laughs> Mcallister i believe i'm correct in saying that both francis and kevin Mcallister scored for their teams last week they did indeed the only, so alexis, the only one letting down the side was alexis yeah, yeah. His, his and Carlos, be because statement.
1: he's been retired for 20 years. Indeed, yeah. We'll let him off. Um,
0: but yeah, where should we start, Dan? I mean, I, I was sort of half hoping that we could start with Racing Tigre, which we predicted last week would be a good game. And in the turnaround in fortunes for our predictions as to what's going to be a good game and what's not, it was a good game. Um, yes. I'd say the best place you didn't to, to start... It,
1: did you uh, Very, very close. There was a lot of action. Um... And no little controversy, uh, which following on right after the most controversial game of the weekend uh, was just great. Um, I want to say Bruno, but I'm not entirely sure. Let's see what his name is. Blaise, da, 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 da. Brian Leitzer.
0: Yes, Brian Le- 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 yeah, Leitzer. It
1: kind of slow looping header. Seemed to have been clawed out of the net by Arias. Um mm. but Va, based on stuff, feelings, feelings vibes, uh, decided it had in fact uh, gone over the line, despite having admit, absolutely no evidence or yeah. means to accrue such evidence. I will,
0: I will admit that on the freeze frame that they gave us, I looked at it and thought, mm, that looks over to me. Mm. But, as I... Mentioned in the WhatsApp group, if you're going to use VAR to decide whether a ball's over the line or not, put a camera, camera on the goal line. line. I mean, they, they were just going by the main broadcast TV angle, mm. which is ridiculous yeah. if you're using it for, for that. Like, and I remember this happening with, in one match last season as well. They did, they did Possibly, something similar.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I can't remember which two teams were
1: involved. But,
0: like, just, just put a camera on the line.
1: Yeah. No, it's incredible. Or just buy the chips, like... I mean, that technology's been around for a long time.
0: I'm assuming that's probably not cheap, but still, whatever. Just, I mean, don't say, right, VAR's going to decide this and then not give them the tools to do it with.
1: No, absolutely. Um, Maybe it went in. Maybe it didn't. Mm. The point is we have no way of knowing. Um, But VAR just went out and uh, made that decision for themselves. Um... And just kept like kept Tigre in the game after Maxi Romero, I believe it was, opened the score in it was. very early with Racing's first goal of the season. Finally, um, now much better from Racing, even though they couldn't quite get the victory. They got pigged back after um, after each of their goals. The second coming from Gabriel Auche after another decent bit of play from uh, Romero. Looked much better um, this game. Um, Sign it could be coming together, uh, but they struggled as well because we know Tigre are just a handful going forward. Um, yeah. They don't do anything particularly pretty, I don't think, particularly sophisticated. It's just hmm. bang bang football, get it in the box, and that that man again, Mateo Rategi. Yeah. third consecutive game he scored four goals in three games, um, just smashing home a short range half volley reboundy kind of. Portugal. Let's uh let's classify it as that. Um and yeah, just pegged Racing back again, very good result for Tigre and another very good Racing Tigre game, I think. The last well, three, games three games three between, games between them, them, them. Uh there was a Trofeo de Campeones playing before that, which was which finished 2-1 and was very wow, yeah. very entertaining as well. But yeah, 3-0, 2-1 and now now 2-2. is that
0: it, fact 3-2, two, yeah,
1: two, yes. Racing Moutinho uh, down. Hmm. I was thinking of the Boca game, yeah. Um, so definitely a match you want to watch, obviously. It's now been played, but keep, um, keep a look out um, later in the season. Yeah, I hopefully
0: they get drawn in the same group of the Copa del Arliga. Yes. Get, no, no, there's still only been one match between them, wouldn't it? Not two, but still... Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, as you said, that followed on from the most controversial match of the weekend in more than one way as well. It was a controversial match um, because uh, one thing that we forgot to mention when we were talking about, uh, when we were previewing River Plate versus Dinos mm. last weekend, or rather, I, I was aware that the stadium expansion was going to be opening sometime in February 2023. Like, I was aware of that in the middle of last year. Right. And then it slipped my mind. I'm slightly surprised that Andres... Didn't mention it. Did we not mention it? But three sides out of the four expanded stands Mm. um, at the Monumental were given their debuts today. For some reason, the remaining one is going to be a year and a half before it Mm. opens still. Uh, But that means that the Monumental now has a capacity of 83,136, I think it is. Yes. Um, And is now the largest stadium in South America. And in spite of that, River might have some of it shut down because they still managed to let in more people than the capacity out, apparently. Classic.
1: I think that was a it's a twenty first century record for an Argentine football game mm. in terms of capacity. And they got their money's worth with a little bit of help from um from the officiating team. It was
0: quite a decent match. I think
1: were one nil up
0: at half time thanks to a goal from Kevin McAllister, mm-hmm. as we uh hinted at earlier. But by that point, Gaston Meron had already had a goal disallowed, which I can't remember what it was for now, but I remember thinking that one seemed more or less fair enough. Mm. Um, River then came back with two penalties uh, to take a 2-1 lead. The first from Miguel Borja and the second uh, after Borja had been subbed off from Ezequiel Barco. And then Argentinos scored with pretty much the last kick of the game. Uh, I think that it was dead level. I think it was dead level, yeah. had a look at it and decided that it was offside.
1: With a classically wonky line sort yeah. of trace um, over the top, yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it was one of those decisions that, again, I've said this before, but I'm really glad I'm not a linesman, because you wouldn't mm. want to have to call it live. Uh, but to me, at the point where they froze the picture, it looked absolutely
1: just dead on, perfectly yeah. in line to me. Um, I think it was a kind of game where you'd say, in isolation, kind of none of the decisions... That went against Argentinos, Possibly would have been. You'd be like, none of them were. Yeah, tactics. fair yeah. enough. But the fact that four went against them. Yeah. Uh, when, because I think at least one of the penalties was was an interpretation yeah, kind yeah, of I thing. Can't, um, I can't remember what the. The second the one, I think, we uh, yeah. kind of gets tangled up and goes down. Mm. Could, go, could have gone either way. Um, but the fact that all four big calls went against him um, definitely left left them with. Uh, with a reason to feel the griefs. Um yeah. and made it a good game, like as you say, very very entertaining game. I thought Argentinos were were on top for for quite a bit. Um but yeah, River just managed to pull through. Um always helps when when you have two penalties, I guess. Mm. Yeah, the the end of the first half
0: especially Argentinos were pushing really hard to, mm. to well at the time it would have been to double their lead, obviously. Um, there was also a river fan killed on the way to the ground did you hear about this? I did not he was hanging out the back door of one of those you know combi coaches that carries loads of people and always have the doors open and people hanging out and chanting and waving their arms and he uh, in a state of intoxication lost his balance fell onto the motorway and was immediately run over by the coach that was travelling right behind
1: oh dear yeah yeah that's that's not a good way to go
0: Um, so don't do that if you're missing an Argentine football game and it's not going
1: to stop anyone but
0: no indeed um, but it would be better not to yeah and also if you run an Argentine football club try not to let in more people than your stadium has the capacity for however excited you are about that capacity mm. getting a bit bigger but it does look
1: that really also seems an stuff. easier said than done kind of thing because it's happened a few times with Rasi. Yeah. feels like they're just like if the people are there mm. just let them in yeah that's fine
0: but I don't know what you thought of um, looking at the stadium on the television, but I thought it looks, it looks so much better now. It back
1: looks back. very good, yes. It looks very good. Um, I have to reserve judgement a little bit until I see a match there. Mm. Uh, but from the outside at least, not bad at all.
0: Um, where to next? We'll continue our Big Five, traditional Big Five roundup at the start, mm. with Boca Juniors, who... Didn't have the best of times, to put it mildly. Michael Santos and Ezequiel Fernandez with an own goal.
1: Hilarious own goal. Uh, with Sergio Romero basically swimming oh, yes. across the pitch to try <laughs> and get back remember, as it yeah. agonisingly rolled him past him. You know, The ball sticking its tongue out at him as it, as it went past. Yeah,
0: but those gave uh, Tacheres a 2-0 lead. Fernandez's own goal mm. coming quite early in the second half. Very shortly after it, Sebastián Visha was sent off for violent conduct. Doing Vichia um, things, basically. Indeed. Um, uh, and Luca Langoni pulled one back for Boca late on, but it was not enough. And to be honest, it wouldn't have been deserved. Um, as you said already, they were mm. pretty awful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just another game where Boca really don't seem to know their ass from their elbow. Just getting no kind of attacking play going. Despite having having good players, you know, like mm. we've said it a lot, many a time before. Paul Fernandes, Oscar Romero, these are guys who can create things. You know, two very powerful, very rapid full-backs who, if you integrate them with the rest of the team, can cause damage. But that's I think a big if from yeah. Boca's um, point of view, it's just not going uh, right at all. And I don't think it's much of a co- coincidence that um, again. They didn't really look like doing anything until Salvatius, until Langoni. Um, I think Fernandez was a little bit unlucky with the with the own goal, but he's shining. these a uh, few games he's played for Boca so far that he could make a difference in midfield. Um, kind of the best players um, are on the bench, and kind of I think Ibarra has tried to pass this away by saying, you know, I want these young kids. I want to take them slowly, and you know, I don't want to throw pressure on them, but then you you chuck them into the Estadio Kempis uh, when you're trailing two 0 against Tashere and absolutely need reaction. I mean yeah. that seems quite quite a uh, a pressure-filled situation.
0: Um, and also, I mean, just looking at the names that came on: Miguel Merentiel, Ezequiel mm. Luca Langoni, Martin Pachero, and Ezequiel Fernandez. Yeah. Um, it's, Apart from Fernandes, none of those are, are, are players who, you know, it's not like any of them are playing like their second game for Boca. They've all no. had, you know, a decent number of appearances already.
1: Yeah, Melintia um, has just come from Palmeiras, and he was um, probably one of, course one of their not. best players. Um, when he when he came off the bench, he set up the goal for, for Langoni with a very nice hold up and then uh, kind of this mm. uh, through ball behind the defence. Um, just what Boca need really... And, a forward who can get involved with the play, just someone who can bring it together because it's so disjointed. Um not even, you know, just a sturdy defence, uh and like playing on the counter. Just nothing really nothing ball uh is is how I'd describe it. I think just looking at has racked up eighteen shots even though they had a little bit less possession. Uh four. Bokar had four. Uh, even though they were chasing the game Pretty much the entire... Yeah, from, from a half hour onwards. Uh, it's not good. And Ibarra, crazily enough, being the reigning league champion in Argentina from three months ago, I think if he doesn't get it together in the next three or four matches or starts the Libertadores badly, he's uh, going to be the next casualty. Um,
0: yeah, you were remarking before we... Um Started recording about this uh, about Riquelme being interviewed on TV just a few minutes ago and saying oh, nobody plays one in Argentina at the moment. And it, it, to an extent, I wonder whether he's trying to defend his manager there. But like, nobody plays one in Argentina at the moment. Yeah, I think there well, is a certain uh, than
1: sense of deflection there. You know, oh yeah, Boca play awful, but every team plays awful, so it's not entirely our fault. But, um, but no other team in Argentina has the budget or capacity to sign players as Boca. Um, if you want to compare yourselves to Sarmiento or, um, or I don't know, Barraca Central, who don't have a pot to piss in, uh, go ahead. But I think you probably could aim a little higher and that a good first step to do that would be actually signing, hiring a coach with experience and with some sort of idea how to play modern football because Boca haven't had that. Boca haven't had that. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to find an example of when 20,
0: they did. 20, but yeah, to say when, but, um, yeah. Um, And in fact, Sarmiento and Barracas Central are both ahead of them in the table at mm. the moment, albeit on, in Sarmiento's case on goals scored and in Barracas Central's on goal difference. Uh, oh, yeah. all, all, all three clubs have one one, drawn one, and lost one of their opening three. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Boca clearly are, are going to end the league campaign higher up the table than those two. Yeah, but cool. also, That's the very, very least they need to be aiming for. So, yeah. Um, San Lorenzo. Uh, We have talked about them being a little bit better so far this season Mm. than they have been for, well, quite a while, really. Um, And they beat Godoy Cruz 1-0 and looked just about all right for it, I thought. Yeah, they're kind of... They're doing
1: the Boca thing, but effectively at the moment. Not, you know... Winning games with absolutely nothing to spare. Not conceding many goals at all, which we already saw last year.
0: And as I think we mentioned last week as well, not really giving the op- opposition very many chances. Yeah, that's it. Godot Cruz admittedly aren't very good, but they didn't have a shot mm-hmm. on target. Um, San Lorenzo got a penalty with 55 minutes played, which Adam Barreiro scored. Was all they needed.
1: Yep, all they needed.
0: They are up to eighth, I think. Yeah, eighth, having won yes. two and lost one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we're hoping to keep that up. Mm. And the remaining one of the big five are Independiente, or Atletico Independiente, as I rechristened them earlier, uh, who drew 0-0 away with Vélez in a match that I didn't watch any of, Dan, did you?
1: I did. Um, Messi would be the the kindest way I could could describe that match. um, Very chaotic. A couple of decent chances uh, at either end. Um, Who was it who had it for... um is bow I want to say had a very good chance but it was a long time ago now um, and probably the best part of the game uh, were the kids mm. there were there were several kids on both sides who who came in um, on the Independiente side Javier vashiko 19 year old from Chaco who has just got back from under 20's sudamericano GT. yeah he's a right winger, right yeah yeah had a very very good game just looking to take on his man all the time uh, and then on the Vele side uh by julian fernandez and santiago castro who who were also in colombia with argentina uh both got on and Ca- no castro had a, a really good chance at the end that was right uh, so dangerous uh, i liked him a lot in the first few games at least of the sudamericano uh, a guy who can play down the left or play down the middle, just real nuisance striker who who puts himself puts himself out there. He's quick. He, he gets in the area, gets chances. Um, and I'll be looking forward to seeing him more with Velez. Uh, I know Velez aren't lacking for lacking for forwards. You know, apart from Ball, they got Lucas Prado Hansen. Um, but if he can get a run in the first team, mm. he's, he's definitely one to, to watch this year. Yeah. So, Oh, and the other thing about that Independiente game, so many fouls. Just every two minutes, the game was interrupted for some infraction or other, I think, 38 fouls was uh, the final count. Good grief. Yes, 21 on the Vélez side, 17 for Independiente. And only four yellow cards each. That's yeah, because they weren't impressive. especially dirty or, um, or egregious fouls. just those niggling tackles in the middle of the pitch that break up any kind of rhythm and, and make it very hard to uh, watch in sometimes.
0: Mm. Uh, I also quite like the fact that Agustin Mullet was playing in central midfield for Independiente, apparently on loan from Vélez. I like that, but... That's not how his surname is pronounced, obviously.
1: And he doesn't have a mullet. He has the classic... 2023 Argentine footballer fade sort of haircut. Yeah. I uh, think a is. rebrand. If I was his agent, I would be right in there getting, uh, getting the mallet going because you're just guaranteed publicity all over the world with that.
0: Indeed, yeah. Um, he's 23 apparently. No. First time I... Oh, 22, sorry. Although actually I'm only a week out. He's turning 23 next week. Um, so yeah, it's the first time I've heard him. But anyway. No, I saw, maybe, I saw his name a few times last maybe year. Maybe he wants to keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, that concludes the Big Five roundup, yes. of course, but how is everyone else doing? Well, well
1: we can say without a hesitation that the top four is exactly how we expected it to look after three games.
0: Yes, indeed. Lanús, top, having won all three matches so far. Huracan, second, which is less surprising given how well they did last season. Uh, Rosario, Central, and Belgrano in third and fourth. Uh, Huracan, Central, and Belgrano all have seven points. Um, with River on six and Tacheres and Defensio Ticia and San Lorenzo and Godoy Cruz all on six as well, uh, just uh, behind them. But yeah, Lanus, three wins out of three. I don't think they're going to be relegated. I'm going to stick my neck out now and call it.
1: Long way to go, still, long way to go, but. Definitely if they can keep up this 100% record for the rest of the league campaign, Mm. I would fancy their chances against not getting relegated. Against getting relegated.
0: And I mean, at the weekend, they did it very much against the run of play against Estudiantes. Well, at the weekend, I mean, on Monday night. Um,
1: You'll have to fill me in because this was a game I did not watch.
0: I didn't catch much of it, but I did catch the highlights and I caught the statistics, which are shots, Estudiantes 19, Lanús 5. Shots on target, Estudiantes 6, Lanús 2. Mm. And final score, of course, in case you've forgotten already, was Estudiantes 0, Lanús 2. Um, they also okay. had 33% of the possession. So, so this is basically
1: turning everything we know about Argentine football in its head, because these yes. are the games <laughs> Estudiantes Lanus are supposed six, to win. Yeah. With two shots, two goals, no, no possession whatsoever.
0: No, indeed. And Leandro Diaz was sent off. Um, Against his old club. With 34 minutes plus stoppage time still to play, 56 minutes. Uh, with the score only at 1-0. So the fact that they still managed to not only grind out the result, but also double the lead after that, uh, very late on, Franco Troshansky scored the second in the 89th minute. Um, I, I think that there's a bit more character to this Lanús side than there was last season.
1: It seems to be, yeah. I Which, think, uh, Given
0: uh, how many of the names, uh, I think like well, pretty much the same, really, right? It's,
1: the return of De La Vega has been key, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he was one of the best kids in the entire in the entire league before his his cruciate li- uh, ligament injury, mm. and now seems to just give Lamus a little bit more brilliant to see him coming back and and looking so dangerous after play, not playing for for a good eight nine months, I think. Yeah. It's a long time. And yeah, and having someone on the bench like Troshansky, who is always capable of getting the odd goal, uh, can't be a bad thing
0: no indeed um, so yeah Lanus is still flying high mm. organised stuff two very decent centre backs yeah. um, and a not bad goalkeeper on his day and he's, he's going to be no. uh, in Lucas Acosta he, he's got to be gaining some confidence from the way that, that the team has started the season as well and that can only be good for them absolutely uh, so yeah in, uh, as I said I, I think that Lanus are going to survive relegation uh, let's see check the relegation table if I can find it on my millions of open tabs on my mobile browser and um, to confirm this, is this the, Yep, that is. Uh, they are now up to 22nd in the relegation table, uh, nine points ahead of Platense, so it's looking good. It it's is, looking good, yeah. It is looking less good for Arsenal, <laughs> who are rock bottom of that relegation table, 11 points behind Platense, so really, very, very long way adrift mm. indeed. And who at the weekend
1: lost to Central? Thank you. Of you course, it, yes, the the two sendings three off. Three red,
0: three red cards. Um, two one away to Central. Goals from Francis McAllister and Alejo Benis, and a goal for Arsenal from oh they one up oh, really early on. Of course they did. Yeah, through La Guzman. Um Even earlier than Joaquin Pombo's <laughs> professional foul in the ninth minute. Um, they're be looking doomed
1: to you them. think so, yeah. Um, and they won't be particularly missed, I don't think.
0: We've said this before about teams in with this relegation situation, yeah. But between the promedio and the fact that whoever's worst in the annual table and mm. doesn't go down through promedio is also getting relegated,
1: yeah. They're already 12 points out. from safety. Um, I can't see how where they're going to get. The, those 12 points for all man, unless something miraculous happens. I know the other teams down there, Central corva Sarmiento, aren't exactly going great guns either, but... Um, yeah, if I were a betting man, I'd, um, I'd definitely put all my pennies on Arsenal. Finally departing us.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, there are no 5-3 thrillers to talk about this week, unfortunately. No. Last week, but Defensa y Justicia... Um, beat Newell's 1-0. They were, they were one of the teams involved in the 5-3, weren't they, last week? Am I making that up?
1: Uh, no, nah, it was sarmiento Barracas Central. Obviously. Oh, it was,
0: wasn't it? Sorry, yes, of course. So Sarmiento got a 2-0 win over Colon, who, by the way, are bottom of that annual table at the moment. Yes. The annual table, obviously, at the moment is the league table. Um, another goal from Luciano Gondol, mm. who scored the hat-trick in the losing match against Barracas Central last week. Um, and a very early goal indeed of the penalty from Javier Toledo were the two uh, goals from that one so well done Sarmiento. Colón need to start winning some but I wouldn't expect them to be quite that low down the table come the end of the season no. anyway and Barracas Central themselves the winners of that match got a 1-1 draw with the other Santa Fe side Union um, in wherever it is Barracas Central play their home matches because obviously it's not in Barracas
1: are they not back at their own stadium? I thought they'd been back for a while. Is there a stadium
0: yeah. in Barracas?
1: The Estadio Claudio Chiquitabia. Oh, yes, it's where some of the Women's
0: League matches are played, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: it's been open for a while now.
0: Where is that then? Barracas. Yeah, no, but
1: I mean, which bit of Barracas? I'm trying to. Right down. Right. Right Let's down near like, the Rio Yes, you know where Huracan um, Stadium is? Yeah. And then behind Huracan Stadium, you've got the train station. Yeah. And then behind the translation again, yeah. you've got the, I think it's Vicha 20. Yeah. Right behind that again, uh, uh, okay. in the mid, between another Vicha, is where uh, Barracas' is. standing. not Patricios
0: at that point. No, that's already Barracas, yeah. Oh, okay, cool, right. Don't part think
1: part that Parque Patricios has a border with the Riachuelo. I think all of it is Barracas. Oh,
0: okay. Um, anyway, yeah, Bruno Sepúlveda, early goal. Imanol Machuca. Uh, got the equaliser for Union, uh, quite a, well, no, um, 22 minutes in, but that was it. So it's quite early for both goals yeah. to come and then for no no more to be scored. Um, I think we'll take a half-time break now. Yes. It's, it's, with only two of us, it's going to be quite a short recording, but we do have a little bit of uh, national team news to just update you from last week. Oh yes, we do. Because the two opponents for Argentina's... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, displaying of the World Cup mm-hmm. trophy have been decided and there's also a little bit of a change to what we talked you last week about one of the venues because it turns out that both matches aren't going to be in the same place.
1: And also about the person who may or may not be on the bench for the game.
0: Indeed, yes. Uh, so don't go away. With the national team news. Um, quick Copa Argentina update. There is nothing to update you on in terms of matches that have been played. Um, obviously, we mentioned last week that all of those matches that were being shown as having been played, well, as we record yesterday, uh, were clearly not going to be, but Sofa Score has very helpfully marked them all as postponed anyway now. All right. Um, but there are three matches that do appear to have been scheduled for next Wednesday, and those are Gimnasia. Yes, Grima La Plata versus Excursionistas of mm. Belgrano um, whose stadium is I'm wondering whether it's, oh, it's not going to be quite the closest stadium to the Monumental because that's um, Defensores de, de Belgrano but Excursionistas will be the second closest mm. uh, it's very 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 close to where the Buenos Aires Open is being played at the moment if you're a tennis mm. man just around the corner um, that's not where the match is going to be played but anyway thought I'd mention it Newell's Old Boys versus Claypole as I'm assuming they're pronounced. I've never actually heard it said out loud yes, by uh, but um But Claypole is how you pronounce it Claypool. if you're an English person saying so the name for the first time. And then Racing versus San Martín de Formosa. Mm. Is that going to be the first time Racing have played a from Formosa, Dan?
1: To no. my knowledge, yes. Mm.
0: Um, there we go. So mm. we'll see what happens. I suspect so that's going to be three... Uh, Liga professional teams going through, but
1: yeah, I wouldn't be so sure. Racing have a tendency of always losing against La Liga opposition in the Copa Argentina. Oh, true, yeah, it's very embarrassing. Entertainment,
0: the, uh, embarrassment, entertainment, defensive side of the fence you sitting, doesn't it? Um, now, the national team, mm. as we said last week, both of the matches were due to be played in the Estadio Monumental. It turns out that's now not true. The first match is going to be played in the Estadio Monumental. On either the 23rd or the 25th of March mm-hmm. because the 24th is Dia de la Memoria correct. Um, and the second is going to be played on a date that will depend on whether the first one's played on the 23rd or the 25th and will be in the Estadio Mario Alberto Kempes in Córdoba so they uh, Argentina will be showing off the World Cup in the interior of the country as well and they'll be using the two biggest stadiums in the country to do so um, the first match at the Monumental, the opposition are going to be Panama that we mentioned that last week was probably going to be the case now, I think that's now been confirmed or at least it's being reported as being confirmed <laughs> uh, and in the second match the opposition have not yet been confirmed but it is looking almost definite that it's going to be Suriname which is um, interesting
1: yeah. yeah must be I don't know last time they played a non non South American team
0: yeah a good question I we'll have to try and look that yeah. up. maybe that's the topic for the extra just, just do 30 minutes of us googling whether that's happened before um, obviously they're not playing any, any big European sides uh, because of the Nations League taking place in March as well and, and because also, they just
1: want a procession to show off the yeah, trophy I mean, and that score well, six and goals
0: uh, I'm, I'm sure they would have liked some slightly more interesting opposition if they could have booked it but still I suspect that those two matches are going to be comfortable wins for Argentina mm-hmm. of course you never know for sure um, but, um, yeah, we'll see. There's also a little bit of a disagreement at the moment among some members of Conmebol about when the qualifiers for the 2026 World Cup should begin. Um, it looks quite likely that they'll be getting in September, as they generally do. Mm-hmm. But some, I think it's like one or two of the associations want to start them in the June international break.
1: Will they be keeping the same format and everything, given the expansion of qualifying places? Uh,
0: I think so, although that's not been decided yet. There's a FIFA Congress in Kigali, uh, in Rwanda, in a month or two, I think. Right. And there's going to be a Commonwealth Congress sort of off at the side of that, and that's when when everything's going to be decided for sure. Um, But, yeah, and that's also when the vote's going to happen on when to start Mm -hmm. the qualifying there are some a couple of the nations apparently want to start in june so that there's a bit of breathing room in the schedule in case we get another pandemic and they have to call a couple of matches off again Mm -hmm. which um seems like a pessimistic view to take Mm -hmm. of things but anyway better
1: safe than sorry i guess after everything we've gone through
0: and as you mentioned Dan, there have been some developments or not really anything confirmed, but there's been some movement. Yeah, in of the, quotation marks, the contract situation.
1: Yes, apparently he's going to get one. Um, he was always going to be offered one. Mm. Uh, there was some doubt over whether um, he would accept. I think we went into it a bit last week, possibly. We, we talked about yeah. this, yeah. So remember what we said last week, because I can't. Um, Dan,
0: Dan was very young. quite quite a lot iller than he sounded last week. While, yeah, while me and
1: Andres were chattering all day. It was a bit like having four (laughs) for already in me, uh, in terms of lucidity. But yes, uh, the latest information is that Scaloni will renew his contract until the 2026 World Cup. Um, He's back home in Mallorca at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's his home. It has been for many, many years. Uh, He won't be back in Argentina until March uh, for said friendlies. Mm, I expect him to sign. I've never really been in any doubt unless Tapia did something really, really bad to uh, to piss him off. Yeah. Uh, And it seems like it wasn't that bad.
0: And the Athers plan is that they hope to be able to confirm that signing and, and announce it right yes. before the uh, Panama match. I assume and Not hope, like the day before, yeah. because obviously you'll need to be training the players a bit, but uh, yeah, like they're planning to sort of have that as a bit of a celebration as well, apart from the fact that you've just won the World Cup, so you can celebrate that. Yes, and I
1: assume and hope that that will come with a hefty pay rise, mm. uh, because I can't imagine he was earning huge bucks, kind of his. Argentina's sixth choice coming in default selection after the 2018 World Cup, but now definitely hot property, our are, are Lionel.
0: Indeed, yes. And, you know, he's largely responsible for those $52 million that have come into the AFA's
1: Indeed, it would only so be sorry. fair for some of it to go his, come his way.
0: Indeed, it would. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Is there anything else that you.
1: Uh, we had of? women's football.
0: Oh, yes. How's that been going?
1: I know, I saw Tony yesterday, he came around um for lunch and he filled me in a little bit, at least that uh Racing lost. Can you remember uh, anything he said? That they lost the clasico 2 1 to uh San Lorenzo. Uh what else?
0: Yeah, there seems to have only been one match of um one match of rounds played so far. Like
1: yes, which was last weekend.
0: Uh the rounds two and three appear to have been Postponed in their entirety for some reason. Fair enough. Bocca hasn't actually been played yet, to be clear,
1: but it's showing here as postponed. Bocca dropped early points, which is is somewhat surprising. Mm. Uh, and oh, Tony did let me in on one bombshell: yeah. that newly promoted Banfield are looking to sign a Brazilian of all things. Uh, apparently, they're really going for it in uh, in the women's game, mm. putting in a lot of money in. Um they have a female president. They have a female president. The only club I think in, in the top flight with a female president. But they, they did begin with a four 0 defeat, but in fairness
0: too, it was it, against, against yes yeah. So that's like yes. fair yes.
1: enough. Uh and yeah, they're they're looking to spend, they're looking to put together a very strong team in in Banfield and challenge right at the top of the of the league.
0: There are some, just looking at the scores, because I, I didn't catch any of the the action. In fact, I don't know whether any of it's been on TV, either. Uh, plus like, a couple p- of weeks ago, I think, that the TV deal was still up in the air for it.
1: I think it, they've been on... No, I saw a few minutes of Racing San Lorenzo. Um, on, I want to say Deportive. Oh, okay. It could have even been on... Um, on TV Pública.
0: Okay, I, I did yeah. hear the Depot TV, if, if anyone was going to be televising bits of it, it would be Depot TV, so that could well be right. Um,
1: Ana Sampaio, apparently, is Banfield's Brazilian.
0: Okay. Um, the, apart from that 4-0 win for Wild Orquiza, the only other scoreline that actually stands out as being a particular thumping, which is obviously something that we saw quite regularly, even in the um, Primera Femenina's first professional season a couple of years ago. Uh, is Rosario Central against, well, sorry, Defensores de Belgrano against Rosario Central in Belgrano, um, where Central won 6 1 with a hat trick for Erika Lonigro um, and two goals for Lara Lopez, and the other one was scored by Nadia Fernandez, um, which puts Central top after one match, obviously, on goal difference ahead of Bayonne Pisa. Uh, the other matches were wins. uh, A 2-2 draw between El Porvenir and Estudiantes to get the season started. A 0-0 draw between Lanús and Estudiantes de Buenos Aires. El Polo drew 2-2 with Estudiantes de La Plata. I I forget that when we're talking about women's football or other divisions, we need to mention where clubs are from. Gimnasia Nil Said, which is the TV um, union club, nil. Uh, Huracán 1 Independiente, nil. Guayroquiza 4 Banfield, nil we've mentioned. Platense 1 Boca 1, as Dan mentioned. River 2 Ferro, nil. Belgrano 2, Excursionistas 1, Racing 1, San Lorenzo 2, and Defensores de Belgrano 1, Rosario Central 6. So, yes, we're looking forward to that getting back underway. Um, Whenever it might be. (laughs) Which, allegedly, is going to be the first weekend in March for now. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I have to admit that since signing up for Tony's email, Mm. um, updates that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago... I haven't actually had the time to read them oh. so far. So I've signed, I signed up in solidarity to support him, and I haven't actually opened any emails <laughs> yet. So perhaps he's already explained what happened there. Uh, I'll go back through them and let you know next week, if so. Um, anything else to discuss? This, this isn't going to be a really short episode, is it? We've got to witter on a bit, somehow. <laughs> uh, we had a
1: couple of questions. We we'll but...
0: always have a couple of questions. I was just wondering whether it was time to get to them just yet.
1: I think it might be unless something else magically occurs to us uh, while we're we're doing the questions indeed
0: Chacarita juniors in english says why are argentine players so smiley and forthcoming in their mm. post-match interviews premier league players are always so grumpy and monosyllabic the independiente and platense guys are especially incredible are they already in night out mode mm. now this question he sent to us originally a few days ago um, and I answered weekend. him back then. Let me. And you did give him a reply, which I'll let you yes,
1: read out. I'll find. The original question, let's see. You've got it here and I'll I think it The today. original question was. Ah, here we go. So I was talking about this interesting turn of events with uh, Fra- Francis and Kevin McAllister mm. both scoring on the same weekend. Um, and he replied to me saying, I couldn't help notice. How smiley and engaging both Francis and Kevin were in their interviews compared with the Manus Levick. Non-interviews you get from Premier League players. In fact, I'm going to ask Handoff Pot about that. And then he went on too. Um, and what I said to him kind of privately via Twitter, and I'll repeat it now. Uh, I think, you know, the McAllister clan, at least the kids. I'm not really sure about Carlos. He comes a bit. Comes, uh, comes across as a bit more gruff, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the kids, definitely, um, all three of them are just very intelligent, very articulate, and, and very nice young men, right? Yeah. They seem That's to, awesome. you know, very very good education, very good upbringing, so happy have, to talk. I saw um, an people interview... People football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I even saw uh, an interview with Alexis in in English the other day, and mm-hmm. he's not great... Um, he hasn't got a great command of English, but, but he got through it. He he gave it his best. Um, whether we can extrapolate this, kind of generalise it to Argentine football as a whole, I think that's a little bit more difficult because, yeah, a little bit of everything. There's, there are a lot of guys who um, will go up and, and give good answers, uh, who are very gracious with the press. Others, um, <coughs> who... Uh, Delight in in uh, making the press suffer as much as they can. Um, or Aguero, who just ne- is, never did
0: press at all while he was playing.
1: And now he's suddenly a media personality, which yeah. I am refusing to accept. I don't want any part of uh, this horrendous phenomenon which, is, um, which has come up. I'm not getting on the Aguero train, and it can go crash into a station for all I care. Um, generally, uh, you know... I'm loath to to just delve into very lazy national stereotypes, but maybe there's an argument that argentines as as a nation as a people are a little bit more extrovert a little bit bo- a little bit more loquacious than than their english counterparts it's, if, it's you a, a, if you take in if you take kind of the average argentine against the average englishman it's
0: quite a chatty culture yeah. Um, a lot of listeners will probably be quite surprised to hear, mm. given that I've been presenting a podcast for the last 12 and a half years, but I'm not really a very talkative person uh, when there isn't a <laughs> microphone in front of me. Um, and yeah, I, I do find that I'm more likely to get approached and just talked at when I'm here than when I'm back over in England, for instance, where people yes. leave you alone much more.
1: And I think um, another part of this phenomenon is that, you know, of the six or seven 24 hours uh, a day news stations that are based in Buenos Aires uh, between them probably 80% of their entire scheduling is just grabbing random people off the streets putting <laughs> a microphone in front of their face and, and making them talk uh, which isn't news but it's something they, they seem to love to do just going to shops and asking people how's your day going are you selling lots of beef today yeah. is it more expensive than yesterday and they get very full comprehensive, sometimes even philosophical answers, um, I think if, uh, if people weren't so willing to just talk to random strangers with microphones, um, <laughs> the news channels would be in a bit of trouble because they'd actually have to hire correspondents, hire knowledgeable people about world and national affairs and the economy. Um, and it'd be a lot more difficult for them. Uh, so yeah. they're really hanging on this Argentine extrovertedness, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think there is some of that cultural difference, let's say, in it. And I, I was also reminded when I first read this question a few days ago of um, something that I remember Jonathan Wilson telling us while he was writing the book that became Angels with Dirty mm. Faces where he mentioned that when he was doing Inverting the Pyramid in, in Eastern Europe, he found it quite like talking to some of the old guys there, was like trying to get blood out of a stone, just trying mm-hmm. to give them longer than yes or no answers. And I remember him saying, the difficulty down here is getting them to shut the fuck up when you want oh, to. absolutely, there. yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. people are just so happy to to talk at you. Um, yeah, so there was that as well. And I also think that some of it is that, apart from maybe the very, very... Basically, ready for a I was trying mm. to not to be patronising and say like the very, very top clubs, and then I thought it would be less patronising to just name them. Um, I don't know how much media training a lot of the guys are getting, but certainly anybody playing in the Premier League, and mm. certainly anybody who's come up through a Premier League club's youth side, is going to have had way more training about how to be just evasive with the media and shut questions down from the age of about thirteen onwards. I mean, they just you know don't they do are. it, do they? Exactly.
1: Interviews, like <laughs> apart from the scheduled press conferences, and then a few sponsor events or mm. that kind of thing. Just having an an interview, you know, you see it on TSC Sports, the, the sports channels here. We literally just get on the phone in the middle of the programme, call some player up and just start chatting with him for yeah. for half an hour. Um, you imagine, you know, Scar Sports News just giving Rashford a ring and, <laughs> and seeing how his day's going. Uh, no, it's different in terms of access, different in terms of uh, kind of personalities, I think, a lot. Um, yeah, it comes a little bit of um, those two things, I think.
0: Indeed. And uh, Johnny has got in touch to us. For some reason, by the way, Johnny tweeted this out two hours ago. Yeah. But this guy and his name came into my head for some reason completely unbidden last night. Right. Um, and so, And I was just thinking, if we were to mention him on the podcast, as I'm sure we did back in the day, we would need to clarify first of all to keep it family friendly that this is just his name okay mm-hmm. we're not swearing um
1: it's right to say it to be fair uh spelling it is yes indeed is yeah the, uh, problematic so, bit. johnny's
0: johnny's question is who and why is diego fuchs and um fuchs is spelled f-u-c-k-s mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately for chavo fuchs That is, in fact, his name, and it's unfortunate to the point that on his own Twitter profile he has had to deliberately misspell his surname (laughs) to get Twitter to accept the... I'm assuming to get Twitter to to allow him to open an account back in the day. Um, Johnny knows very well who he is, but I think he's asking us uh, for the benefit of those who aren't fortunate enough to be aware that there is somebody with the surname Fox in the Argentine football media.
1: Indeed. Um, Of German extraction, I assume, because I'm sure there was... Someone connected to football in Germany who had the yeah, same man. spelling.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I can't remember, what but must yeah must come from Fuchs, like a, an alternative spelling of he of that surname.
0: He's a pundit on Fox, Fox Sports, right? I believe. Yes, I remember once, uh, very unusually for Argentine motorists, he stopped his car to let me cross in front of him on the pavement wow. as I was walking past that studio when I lived in San Telmo. And another time when he held the door open for me in a panaderia. Ah. Just around the corner from there. Um, so, by Porteño's standards, staggeringly polite man. Uh, um, and that's about all I can say about him, really. I he's all right. He's a commentator and pundit. And he's yeah. about average compared with most of the other commentators and pundits here. Which is to say, capable of being quite annoying. Capable of making good points sometimes. I think that's it. A... But that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else there is to say. Uh, those are all the questions we've had so far. So, in this incredibly short episode, which might just sneak in under an hour if we don't whitter on for too long, after Mystic Sam, here's Mystic Sam. Okay, this weekend's matches are as follows. Gimnasia versus Instituto, I think will be an Instituto win. Arsenal versus Racing, did you realise they were playing tomorrow night, Dom? I did very very vaguely, it took me a little bit faster for us, but I've um, I've come to terms with it now. I'm going to go for Racing to win that one. And at the same time, Huracan are hosting Barracas Central. Oh, well, those are two matches that aren't a million miles a card they to be played all at once um, I'm going for Huracan to win that hmm? but it could be an interesting one given the former Baracas have started as well absolutely uh, Lanús versus Rosario Central on Saturday afternoon is going to be a Lanús win obviously Godoy Cruz versus Estudiantes I think will be uh, Estudiantes win Argentinos I think will beat Belgrano at home Newells versus ben, uh, versus Banfield is a draw and then on how strange, is that so Newells Banfield's kicking off at 9 and then Tigre versus River is kicking off at 9.30
1: hmm,
0: seems weird that they're not kicking off at exactly the same time, anyway Tigre versus River uh, that should be one of the more entertaining matches of the weekend and I think it will be a River win on Sunday afternoon the Santa Fe Clásico there we go. We Ooh. are going to go for more than five minutes, perhaps. Union host Colón. Uh, I think Union will win it. Boca host Platense. I'm going to go for a Boca win. Independiente. Atlético Independiente. Versus Defensa y Justicia. I think will be a draw. Tacheres versus Central Cordoba. Now, those, those matches are both kicking off at 9.30. Uh, will be a Tacheres win. And on Monday evening... Sarmiento vs San Lorenzo, I think, is going to be a San Lorenzo win. Letico Tucumán vs Velez is going to be a Velez win. Mm. Not quite as many really good looking matches this weekend as there were last weekend, but as I said, Tigre vs River, I think, should be good. Yeah, Tigre um,
1: vs River promises. Lanús Central, top of the table clash.
0: Indeed, yes. And, of course, Unión vs Colón, mm. the Clásico um with neither team in particularly good form at the moment yes uh union have two draws and a loss the defeat was to instituto um in the second round and colon so far have lost all three of their matches to lanús to godoy cruz and to Sarmiento. so tony's got to be optimistic going into that
1: i don't think he's ever optimistic when it when it comes to union
0: no indeed Um, if you're an Unión fan, are you feeling optimistic? Write in and let us know. <laughs> It'd be too late to be of any
1: relevance by the time we get to read it out. Still. That'd be good to know. Indeed. Uh, um, oh, and next week we will have an Argentine team involved in the Libertadores.
0: Oh, yes. The Libertadores um, playoffs or qualifiers are going on at, literally at the moment, in fact, because Zamora <clears> versus <throat> Boston River is on right now.
1: And that game is in fact relevant to, um, to Argentina.
0: Yeah, I mean relevant in a sort of this particular match might not be all that relevant because Boston Rebo won the first match 3-1 uh, the first leg and are already 1-0 up after half an hour of this one. Yes. Uh, so it looks very much as if they're going to be the team going through. Um, Where well, they will play Uregan.
1: Oh, lovely. That's why I said... Relevant. Yeah, no, yes. I, I realised what you were getting I at, I was just
0: pointing out that this particular match is looking now like it might not be, you know, it was decided in the first leg. Mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, do you want to have a go at pronouncing the name of the
1: goal scorer for Boston Rive in this match? Oh, he's been... Jonathan Urretta Vizcaccia. He's been around for a long time, ex-Peñarol. Um, I think he got a couple of caps for Uruguay possibly as Did well. I um, I think so, Yeah. Yeah, very um, very seasoned uh, attacking midfielder, winger, uh, who is mercifully nicknamed Ureta, which makes it a little bit easier.
0: Oh, not El Vasco?
1: V- possibly. Um, okay, shortened then.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I must have heard it called Ureta in, in that case, because yeah. um, yeah, Ureta Vizcasa.
1: Ureta Vizcasa. It's very it's lovely stuff. Uh, so we are very soothing on the on the time I think, to to say that.
0: Indeed, it is. Yeah, the other Libertadores uh, qualification round one matches. This is the last one to uh, to be being completed. Uh, Sport Huancayo or uh beat Nacional of Paraguay two one in the first leg, and then lost three one to them. So Nacional of El Nacional. Sorry. Oh no. Hang on. Sorry. I'm getting mixed up with my uh, second round scores mm-hmm. there because they were both three-one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nacional of Paraguay have gone through from that uh, bracket. El Nacional <laughs> of Ecuador. Ecuador. Beat um, Nacional de Potosi, okay, aka River Bolivia. River Bolivia.
1: Because they got the River badge, don't they? Their badges. Oh yes. Yeah. knock-off. Oh, yeah. I just looked it their...
0: up. Yeah. Uh, they beat them 6-1 in Potosí and then 3-1 in whichever city of Nacional are playing. Quito. Uh, Quito, thank you. Which
1: I assume is why they weren't uh, that that's by, why were by the altitude Potosí,
0: of Potosí. Yeah, uh, for a 9-2 aggregate uh, win. And, as we've just mentioned, Boston Reba got a 3-1 win in the first leg of this tie and are winning 1-0 in the second leg mm. at the moment in Caracas. So um,
1: all of the Nacionales accounted for, we are going to have more... I'm assuming, in at this I'm assuming Nacional
0: de Montevideo are going to be in the group stage. Oh, yes, they will be. Um, but the second round qualification ties, I'm not going to predict them, although we are in Mystic Sound Territory already, of course. We're <laughs> just wittering now. Uh, are Nacional of Paraguay versus Sporting Cristal of Peru, Curico Unido, of, who, Chile. of that name I'm going to guess up from Chile, uh, against Cerro Porteño of Paraguay, El Nacional of Ecuador versus Independiente Medellín of Colombia, mm. Carabobo Bobo. FC, which is one of my favourite names in South American club football, because it's merely one letter away from being stupid face. <laughs> um, versus Atlético Mineiro, that's a tall order for them. Deportes Magallanes of Chile,
1: presumably. Who might be the most southerly participants in this Liguilla, judging by their name, because be. I assume they most are most
0: southerly participants ever, like not right, I can't, I can't imagine how any club, if they are from where they probably are, given their name. Oh, no.
1: It's part of Greater Santiago. Oh, that's a true. It's a hell of a letdown.
0: Yeah, because if they were from anywhere near the Magadan Strait, exactly. I can't work out how anybody would possibly be able to compete from further south. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're playing always ready, who of course are based in La Paz. So that's going to be a, a challenging second leg for them. Deportivo Maldonado are actually playing some football matches. Jesus. The Triangulation Club from Uruguay, who your favourite South American striker might once have played for without ever playing for them, are playing Fortaleza. Possibly still does. Indeed. are playing Fortaleza of Brazil. Universidad Católica mm-hmm. of Ecuador are playing Missionarios of Colombia. Cerro Porteño, oh, no, where it's the second legs then, of course, Cerro Porteño against Corrico Unido. So those are the uh, second round. I think there's a third round of qualification after that, which might be when the Argentine clubs come through because of course we didn't just read out Urakam's name at any
1: no. point there a little um, bit of trivia about Deportes oh, Magasanes Urakam will
0: play whoever wins this match yes, yes of course yes, yes, it's so. not yet scheduled so that's yes. why I didn't show up
1: can I share a little bit of trivia of course you can uh, they are one of Chile's oldest clubs have been dating back to 1904 no 1897 oh wow uh, that's but then they changed their name in 1994, uh, and they were the first campeón in Chilean football, winning titles, uh, the first three titles in fact, oh, wow. 19, 1933, 1934, 1935, and then for the intervening almost 80 years, they've done very, very little, Indeed. Uh, but they seem to be back now. So, almost
0: 90 years in fact. No, I'm say... It's 1935. It's 23
1: now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, maths is wonderful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan.
0: Anyway, on that note, thank you very much indeed for listening. We're delighted to have given you just over an hour after all, because we did manage to witter on.
1: We do get paid for the minute, so we had to get it up a little bit.
0: Yes, indeed. Um,
1: la, 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 la.
0: That's why we do it. Yes. Um, for now, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again next week. And goodbye from English, Dan. Goodbye. And me. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs)